was a long journey that it required to get this uh, emu project going and you know I want to share kind of the extreme aspect and um, you know this process of finding the emus and also these am semini am semini uh, chickens that are like this rare type of chicken and uh, just kind of that was a little journey and uh, might as well break down the different steps and things like that because I think a lot of people when they see an emu uh, baby emu or whatever especially a baby emu the way they act it's funny you know they act interesting like they just want to have people around them they want to have a friend like they want kind of attention kind of like uh, how dogs are and so ducks are kind of like that geese also can be like that a lot Um, chickens are just kind of the ones that aren't so much like that too much but um, I have had chickens that will jump up on my lap or something like if I'm sitting down they'll just kind of come and perch on my foot or on my leg or on my yeah my knee or something or so that's kind of cool uh chickens can be friendly but uh the thing is that ducks and these other type of birds more uh just range of birds are more like friendly and they kind of interact with you a little more or uh kind of want your attention or even like how they follow you like if you walk around they just follow you and the emu is like that too uh that's why there's a lot of videos that i have or you can see online of how you know emus basically pay play fetch because they love to run so they'll be chasing the dogs and kind of it's pretty uh fun the whole thing of having an emu you know and once you get it as a baby i mean so I researched the whole process and I found that, you know, you can get a fertile egg from somebody for around like $75 or $100. And, um, you know, you just can kind of order it on eBay or something like that, or you can find a farm to go pick it up. That's pretty easy. Uh, but the thing is that I got into it a lot once I just saw that it was the season right now is when people are, um, doing this business because the emus are uh, laying the eggs and uh, you can incubate them now. So, you know, uh, got the egg option and then I just thought that, you know, incubation is a pretty difficult process that I haven't really had too much success with. Like, I've really only incubated uh, quail eggs, and, uh, that was pretty cool, that's, like, the fastest, you know, least amount of days it takes to incubate some eggs, uh, of some poultry, pretty much, as far as I know, like, quails are super small, and, uh, so their eggs are super small, and they hatched for me, that was cool, um, with ducks, I've had it that they nest themselves and have, like, ten ducks hatch, uh, just from, like, nesting in the bushes, like, in some sage bushes that I had up in Siskiyou County, like, the farthest, uh, northern part of California, so, uh, I was really happy when I had those, uh, ducks hatch, and, um, I ended up giving those ducks and, uh, goose I had, uh, or two geese, uh, to my friend who lives up there and has a good yard and a good place to have like a nice uh, habitat for birds so it's great because now the you know flash forward the same ducks that hatched like are at his house and uh, now they just hatched a new uh, you know nest of eggs so it's the second generation of natural hatching eggs so I'm really happy I uh, you know, gave him my ducks because it was the same climate and it was nearby and he's been really happy to have them and take care of them because having ducks and birds is really fun and uh, they're pretty cheap. So, you know, that's why sometimes you can kind of give them away if somebody wants them or 
a lot of times I've had people kind of steal them from me or something like that or I mean it's just like uh they come and go they die too I mean there's a lot of things that's part of why I wanted to make this uh podcast like about the whole story of the emus because like when it really came down to it like the first time I got uh you know, I was getting to that where it's like I decided not to get the eggs and really just go for trying to find uh, when people have hatched it and have buying the baby chicks or whatever. So uh, the emu chicks. So I found out those cost about, uh, you know, $200 at least. Sometimes, like, I guess the cheapest I found was $175, but it's more like $200 kind of minimum. So... I found that, and uh, I found a lady that had hatched, like, two eggs for the first time, and so I bought the two baby chicks for $400, and uh, picked them up, like, down in San Diego, it was only, like, an hour and a half drive kind of thing, so I drove out there and, uh, you know, picked them up, and, uh, it was cool at first when I saw him I was happy um and I put him in the van like in a dog crate kind of thing transporter thing with like a blanket down and so uh you know paid and so I left right and everything was good but straight up like you know right when I left basically like just barely one or two turns out of the neighborhood uh, you know, the bird, like, made, like, a loud noise or whatever, like, kind of like a cry or something, like, it hurt itself or something, and it's, like, the thing is, when it put them in the crate, they were, like, one of them was, like, flopping around a lot, like, I didn't realize how much emus sometimes just kind of, like, fall, like, almost like they fall on purpose or something, like, they're always falling and kicking around and stuff, and they've got these powerful legs, and so he was all spazzing out and I wasn't really getting a good look and um so you know I keep driving and um basically just check on them they kind of seem okay but one of them's walking around one of them's just posted up and um you know just kind of chilling there and the other one's kind of either like making noises and stuff like basically eventually they just kind of calmed down but I had a feeling one was messed up, you know, so when I finally got back, you know, I put it, like, on the ground, like, the other one was walking around, just, like, this one just, like, couldn't walk, like, it was trying to walk, and, uh, it was, like, uh, you know, one of its legs was hurt or something, so it just kind of, I found that I realized that, and, you know, just tried to put it in a smaller box, and, um, that's what like I posted in a Facebook group for emu people like and they were saying yeah like put it in a small space because uh that'll make it so it doesn't try to walk around too much uh which will mess up the leg and so I did that I put it like in a smaller kind of shoebox size thing with like a comfy sort of padded blanket kind of so I have a bunch of cloth like um always got a bunch of cloth around from the clothing factory like um you know textile waste but it's like really nice clean fabric and so have that in there with food and water and uh she the bird it was actually like yeah two females I think uh was like uh eating and drinking a little bit and seemed kind of not so bad I don't know but I was pretty worried about her the other one was fine but uh you know that bird got injured because of the type of dog crate and it's like if you pick up these emus, you gotta not use, like, a wire dog crate, because they can get their legs, like, it must have gotten, like, pinched, or somehow trapped in the wire crate when it was kicking around, so, you know, you really gotta have a, kind of, the type of dog crate that's, like, uh, just the type, it's, like, plastic, or it's, like, uh, padded, or any kind of softer one, but, uh, really, what's a good thing for transporting birds, like, I've seen if they don't fly too much I mean like it doesn't really work with quail but like you know these type of plastic totes are good you put some hay or leaves or cloth in the bottom and water and food can be done in there pretty easy and uh, 
putting them in a tote like that is good it's pretty easy to move it around and uh if you really want to kind of put be able to put the lid on top you can just like drill a bunch of holes in it with like a hole saw and just kind of make a bunch of small openings so that they can see out and get airflow and stuff so you can kind of make your own carrier and that's a pretty good way as long as it's you know the air holes have to be definitely like smaller than a quarter or like more like nickel size kind of thing like uh, an inch less than an inch like a centimeter and a half for a centimeter I mean because their feet yeah you don't want their feet to be able to like get caught in it and they've got big kind of toes and they're just kind of clumsy and stuff so gotta be cloth and so yeah uh the whole emu journey and uh you know that kind of one emu that was fine was okay like I just kind of also use like a one of those plastic tote like a big one that could just have like hay in the bottom to like have the bird kind of in my room at night like put them in the plastic tote thing and then in the daytime just put the emu like out kind of to play like with the dogs like basically you know the emu can really learn to just sort of be around the dogs if you can train your dogs to be good you know that that's kind of on you but my dogs are really good around like cats and chickens and other birds that are all around so the dogs easily became friends with the emu uh the only thing was that the emu kind of like pecked at them or like even pecked at me like in the eye or I saw a peck like directly in the eye of the dogs like multiple times so you definitely gotta watch your face like not get your face too close to these emus um but with the one emu that I was raising for about a week or something two weeks like I had it uh you know until I gave it to the person that was uh like buying it like I sort of do it as like you know cooperative farming with other people like and I help other people get them and so uh you know that bird still is around that this emu uh like named yuka and uh it's around and it remembers me a lot like it comes up to me now because uh that was the one that i was like uh you know taking in every night and sleeping right next to me and stuff and uh i mean like i had the tote like right next to my bed and uh it was just you know I bonded a lot with that emu um so you know it taught me a lot and it affirmed why I was excited about getting emus and try to help other people learn about emus too like how to properly take care of them once I learn how to do it and uh I've been learning and uh they're really cool animals for sure and that's why I wanted to go over the journey and kind of help other people too because I kind of, of course, there's a lot of information out there, but uh, there's just not too much. Like, I think emus are pretty uncommon because most people don't have the area, like, you know, you need a big yard or a lot of space that they can kind of graze and run and stuff like that. So it's kind of really a rural or countryside or kind of something that nobody in a city can really have. But... I think what you could do is uh, you don't need a big space for the babies. So I think if you really wanted an emu, try to get it uh, when it just hatched and then kind of like uh, try to sell it before it gets uh, too big. Uh, Because, uh, you know, as long as you can take good care of them, uh, it's pretty easy. Like they can grow up and I think it's got to be an option for at least more people than they realize because it's fun and (laughs) at least when they're babies they don't need a big area you know it's they basically need to be like in a brooder um but I think you put them in a brooder for a little while and then once they start to grow then that's when you got to put them out in a yard But yeah, that's only uh, the first part of the journey because, you know, that was the only first person that I got two emus from. And then I started getting uh, better sources um, up in, like, Oregon. 
and so I was like finding two farms up there and things were good because my friend was yeah so I found these new sources like of some emu farmer people up in Oregon, Southern Oregon, and I was really happy because Southern Oregon is exactly where Siskiyou County is and where I was living and where I had those ducks and gave to my friend. And so that was really great because that kind of showed that the emu project is also a good thing for me because I'm already really familiar with Southern Oregon and uh, my friend who has the ducks, like, he's really interested in, like, volunteering to transport animals, like, when people are adopting them, like, he helps, uh, shelter dogs that are getting adopted, get transported from, like, Northern California to Southern Oregon, and so he was, like, super willing to just kind of, you know, I gave him gas money, and he picked up the emus from one of the farms, like, uh, two new emus, like a male and a female, and so that was like cool. He got him and he had him in his like habitat area. And I also sent him money to buy like a heat lamp. And he set that up out in like a, a pen area. And uh, they had a good setup because he had him there for about, you know, a week or two. And I, yeah, about a week. And then I drove up there and saw his setup. I was happy with it. Like it looks good, you know, because the emus were there. And in the time before I drove up, I found another place that was nearby up in Southern Oregon to find more emus. So I think, yeah, this time I got three more. And then I added them to the pen uh, down in Northern California. Like, so it was five emus together and uh, that was good. Uh, there was also like two baby ducks or not baby ducks, but like uh, kind of adolescent ducks or whatever, juvenile the, uh, you know, almost fully grown, and they were around with the emus, happy, like, getting along, got some pretty good footage of that, and, uh, so that was a nice time when they were all together, um, but then, uh, you know, just, I had to deliver some of these emus, uh, to people that had, like, paid me to pick them up, and, uh, so that was, like, three of them, so I took those down and, um, yeah, delivered them. And, uh, one of them is still added here. So there's now, like, Yuka, that one that I was raising from the original batch. Um, that one now has a partner, friend, whatever, and, um, yeah, two females. And so they're chilling and, uh, I left like two emus kind of my emus up there up at my friend's place because I just uh, wanted them to have the heat lamp or whatever like I don't have uh, like a 24 hour electricity source kind of set up so it's like I kind of didn't want to have the same kind of pressure to run the generator extra um, so I just figured it's cool to leave them at my friend's place for like another month and, uh, the only, like, problem was that it turned out that, um, you know, the mix-up of, like, my friend had said, oh, the small one, like, there was one small one, he said that that one was the, uh, the female, and so I didn't check the, uh, DNA results, uh, until later, and then it turned out that what he had thought was the right gender one was actually switched or whatever because he had picked up a male and a female and so that's why uh yeah that's why we don't have a, a male here but it's uh coming down um just kind of wanted it to be there for a while and uh so now that one's mine uh those two those are my breeding pair and uh trying to keep them safe and uh I don't know. I think my friend's doing a good job. Um, it's sometimes it's 
scary or whatever because like I mean he told me it's snowing up there <laughs> so you know it's pretty intense weather but he also had like a you know good news of like that duck hatching the eggs outside and uh the heat lamp is there there's a good like shelter I mean it's a big kind of wooden structure that they can go in and out of with the heat lamp inside <clears throat> so it's a nice space I think that it's uh, easily totally fine in the snow and uh, he's there checking on it and uh, keeping good watch he cares about the animals and he loves the ducks and you know when I was there he was just kind of thanking me or just you know pointing out how it's funny that he never thought he would have any kind of birds and now he's like kind of addicted <laughs> like I mean in that I mean that's how it feels like for me I'm always trying to get new birds or there's so many that so many types that you just can never get like finished or something you just always see something or you know for me I've never had peacocks or there's certain birds that I still want but with emus it kind of helps you just chill a little bit or I mean I think obviously eventually you want an ostrich or these Rhea Rhea it's like the South American uh, kind of emu and it's basically smaller and I saw it up at this place where I picked up three emus and uh yeah it's cool like it's uh they had a good setup they had a lot of cool rare chickens and uh and one ostrich and i guess apparently they're working on getting more ostriches available um but it's cool because they actually want to both of the farms that sold me the emus are talking about probably having more so i'm kind of you know really trying to pick up more if i can because i think i want to find some farms to sell them to or something like it's true, like, with a puppy or something, like, you don't want to just sell an animal to anybody, you want to kind of know where it's going, and, um, you know, that's important, and yeah, you got to make sure they have the right setup, because for Nemo, there's a lot of things that they need, and a lot of long-term plans that they have to be willing to have, because an emu takes, uh, two years to even lay eggs, I mean, I think at least a year, so it takes time and uh but they're interesting and entertaining so that's why you get something out of it same with there's other birds that take a long time to lay the eggs i mean even ducks sometimes take a year or you know the quail are pretty fast but um it's just uh emus are cool you just what it looks like in these forums I'm seeing is that you pretty much just have to be willing to drive like out of state to some farm that has them I mean Oregon apparently is, seems good um there's other places but they're much farther away like I mean like Utah and like random states that I probably couldn't point out on the map like I mean just random kind of states that I don't really know anything about um and that are hella far away, so, kind of for West Coast, you know, California, Arizona, Washington, I think, yeah, Pacific Northwest, I guess, is kind of the place where they're kind of liberal about farming, and it's more common, it's sort of more in the culture, like, they've got brands, like, you know, we have Walmart, and stuff like that but they have like these tractor supply type competitors like Grange co-op and just cool like feed stores and I mean everybody's got horses and farms and so I was uh really happy to go up there and uh try to help a couple of my friends get emus just to kind of you know bring the kind of reproduction of emus into this area as much as possible because um you know this whole area needs to be kind of on the map more um I think 
and emus kind of are exotic enough that they can really be used to like attract I mean it I forgot to really even mention like the really origin of like the Airbnb like I stayed at an Airbnb in India that had straight up emu farm like on the garden like right near my little room I was staying and uh it was really cool like just being in the garden and I didn't I wasn't in the same like most of the time when you see an emu like you're gonna be on the other side of a fence from them and so yeah I was like on the other side of the fence but they were just like coming up to me and like I saw the emus up close and I took pictures of them video and they were just super curious and like that's what's interesting about them is that they're very like interested animals like they want to check things out they want to get to know people like they're actually pretty friendly with people and uh of course they have like a danger or something like that's the thing is that if you don't actually raise them they're kind of dangerous that's what you kind of have to be like on the other side of a fence from them for the most part if you don't maybe raise them but once they get to know you then you know they're not like threatened around you if you don't harass them in any kind of way so as long as you just feed them and you know do things to take care of them give them water then they're never going to be threatened by you you just can't like chase them around or something so you got to be careful around like kids and even dogs I still have to keep an eye on them because it's I get a little worried when the dogs are running around with the emus because it's like you know the dogs can be rough and they're very they're they are gentle the same way that the first batch I got like one of them got injured and uh, that's how the story continues. I mean, just going into that detail of what happened with the injured one, you know, because I didn't really finish that. But that's what I wanted to do was just uh, kind of discuss all the adventures of the emus because this podcast idea of like talking about the different elements and factors of being off grid or, you know, living off grid farming off-grid or urban farming like farming at home this sort of DIY thing you know it's just extreme DIY basically because I like to test things out and uh emus kind of I just remembered them from something I mean I've been researching uh, Australia and then I just remembered that Airbnb a few years ago that I stayed in and I was like this should be the season, but, uh, yeah, might as well try to get emus, because I'm staying on this farm, and I'm working on developing some other land, like, got a lot of space, and it's kind of pretty good type of livestock compared to anything else, like, it's a pretty cool animal to have, it's interesting, it's unique, and, uh, so, I like to get it going, um, get it started here in this area, that's why I helped my neighbor also get this like a breeding pair I mean the thing is that the guy that I got the breeding pair uh from the three that I got up in Oregon so far um he was the one who helped me with the injured bird because like I put the bird in the shoebox that's where I left off and like that night basically like I was afraid of like not having enough electricity for like heat lamp type of kind of just brooder it you know where injured bird needs to be like in a brooder basically where it has like extra heat extra kind of proper comfort of you know a brooder that you put a bird after it hatches and stuff like that so it's just it uh he took it because you know he has a house with his family or whatever and he's like 20 years old and uh you know he's younger guy so he's got like brothers and stuff they were all able to like keep an eye and help and they did a good job like helping and um you know he even like took the bird to the vet and paid like I mean at least like he showed me one bill for like eight hundred dollars like so he really tried to help that bird even thinking that I was going to take him back and not even saying I had to pay him back so I was just like I want to help you man like I want to I want to help you get um, some emus because obviously it seemed pretty likely that that injured bird was like gonna die basically you know because 
it kind of was pretty weak and um you know that's what he said like it he tried to take it to the vet like several times like for getting treatment like laser treatment on its leg for the skin and things like that and um he did keep it alive for a while and um but eventually yeah he said it wasn't eating or drinking that much like it didn't want to and um so eventually I think they did like a kind of you know having to do like a helping it put to sleep type of thing with like some type of air to its mouth or whatever you know like some kind of oxygen mask type of thing um but not oxygen but uh you know it uh he took care of it and um I appreciated him taking on that situation because it was hard for me like without the electricity and just I felt it I don't know I felt if it was gonna survive it could survive at his house because he has a good setup he's doing uh turkey farming I mean, he's got a really cool setup in the back of his yard, his backyard for a big area for turkeys and another big area that would be really good for emus. And, um, and yeah, and his family was really nice to me and his mom too, like, they were helpful to me. They gave me plants and, um, they were super cool. So I just, um, you know, for doing that and because I couldn't pay him back and I was thinking about doing some kind of crowdfunding, um, but it was like if you're pretty sure the bird might die or it's like how do you really do crowdfunding and it sort of just seems like a scam or something even if it's real life it's just kind of doesn't seem appropriate or something I don't know so I just didn't do a crowdfunding for it even though so that's kind of how I just wanted to get him back even though he did pay me the money like the cost of how much I paid for the birds like I didn't make any profit I just had him pay, you know, Venmo me, whatever it costed to buy the two male and female uh, specific pair from the new farm um, up in Southern Oregon. Uh, so, as a third farm that I've been sourcing from. And so, and they got a bunch more available now pretty soon. And uh, yeah, it's like cool because he's really happy and um, he's a good guy and his family have been cool to me so that's why I just I was happy that they took care of that bird like because it would have been hard for me to do that and I would even if I had the resources it still would have been a lot of time he spent a lot of time on it so that's why I felt good about doing it and um you know just I'm happy that he can be breeding emus and we can also be breeding emus and uh my other friend that I got emus for, he can breed emus, I can also breed emus, and, uh, I think three people breeding emus is good, try to have, uh, different unrelated pairs that can be breeding, stuff like that, like, it's a diversified kind of plan for kind of having a network of birds from different places, and, um, you know, yeah, I've got three different sources around in this area now, and I feel good about that. I'm happy that was what I wanted to do because I like the bird. I think it's interesting. And now I'm kind of sitting back waiting to sort of figure out what to do with my emus. I mean, I want to bring them down here, but I need to set up this electricity type of stuff. I mean, it's just, I need to have, yeah, wind, wind like a wind turbine to generate electricity. And I bought like a hundred watt solar panel. I need to buy a couple more to generate a little more power and I'll be able to have like a heat lamp and an incubator out here and um, you know I'm off grid and so that's why I want to bring the birds down but I'm also looking to kind of possibly travel like I was planning to kind of visit Australia for a little kind of week or two and uh, you know Australia is uh, the home of emus that's where they're from and uh, they're a part of the culture to the Aboriginal people. I think that's important to mention. Like, I think Indigenous people, Aboriginal people, are basically one of the most kind of interesting and uh, cool belief systems. I mean, it's really centered around nature and um, you know connection to the earth and that kind of stuff some of the most ancient belief systems around nature like 
are surprisingly relevant for climate change, like ways to adapt with nature or how to farm and kind of, so they loved emus. I mean, apparently, you know, I would compare it, it's kind of like the cow in Hinduism, but not really because they like also would eat the emu, but they don't do that in Hinduism. Um, So they apparently would only kill the emu and hunt, they would hunt the emu, but they would only do it for using like every single part the meat to eat and different type of you use the skin to make emu oil as a medicine and they did that as an aboriginal type of holistic medicine and so they would utilize every part of the emu <clears throat> kind of like they say they do with a cow or whatever how you use every part um they would do that the emus they would make uh tools with the bones so Emus are uh, really cool, really. So the way I look at it is like emu is kind of the most ancient form of like having a chicken or something like because Aboriginal people are one of the oldest civilization, like oldest like social structure type of whatever, like, I mean, uh, indigenous group in the world. As far as I knew, I mean pretty sure it's yeah one of the one of the oldest like populations um but yeah aboriginals they revere and respect the emus and uh so i've been trying to look at them that way too because it's like it's a beautiful animal it's a special creature it's if you see it pattern like it's got these kind of stripes it's like the zebra stripes but it's got like three four different shades of like brown and tan and different kind of thing like it really like it kind of starts to camouflage it looks like some sticks or something on the ground or some rocks or some sand or like it's just kind of they're striped and not like a zebra like up and down it's like head to butt or whatever like head to toe it's like I don't know just this kind of stripe pattern that goes yeah and then on the top it's like polka dots all over and uh they've got funny color and uh they're super fast and they're interesting uh, but they do require a lot of attention and you know that's why uh when one got injured I kind of outsourced that to my friend and uh also when my friend picked up a couple for me and when I bought one more and uh you know made these new pair up there um they uh they were cool they were happy there so I just wanted to leave them because they had a good place to be with a fence around it and it seemed like a good spot so I didn't really want to take them out of that like disturb that kind of habitat that they had going like the other bird was nesting right nearby and so it's a peaceful place the dogs respect the birds like there's dogs in that yard but the dogs like care about the birds too and get along with the birds really well and um but they're like uh, separated by a fence from the dogs so it's less to worry about like for me with my having a bunch of dogs it's kind of stressful like I need to build more of like a pen area so yeah I want to like uh I want I really just planned like two weeks to one month to have them at my friend's place up north but uh it's been about a week and uh yeah I do miss them you know I miss my emus but uh the way I see it is like once my friend nearby like who I gave the breeding pair like he started posting to some groups and everybody starts to be like oh I want one and this and that and I'm like in the comments like oh I'm the one I'm the one who drove it so I can like cook you up if you want to buy one and uh really I think what it comes down to instead of like having somebody pay me for gas in the hotel it takes to drive up there I think what I really have to do is just like double the price like you know sell them for basically like 500 like 500 each you know like I think if you are gonna raise emus 
you gotta have money available, like, they eat a lot of food, and, yeah, they just, they eat a lot of food, and (laughs) they need water, you know, they take time, and you gotta take care of them, and if they get hurt, or whatever, you might want to take them to the vet, that shit's expensive, (laughs) like, so, a lot of things can come up, and I think that, yeah, if you are trying to buy an emu, you definitely should probably be able to afford 500 for one, and if you want a pair, you know, a male and a female to breed, I can get that, it's just gonna cost a thousand, and, uh, I think it's such a long drive, um, you know, it's from Southern California up to Southern Oregon, it's crossing all of California, so it's, uh, and back, so it's a long drive, and, uh, that's why I'm not looking to do it again, you know, to buy more, unless I do it in a way that's, like, for profit this time, because it's just too much money for gas, and I had car trouble I had to pay for, and, you know, I took, I did it all as a loss, just because it was, like, I was learning about it, and I was researching it, you know, testing it out, seeing how it goes, seeing what it's like to transport them, and, um, yeah, you know, now that I've had more experience transporting them, I don't even use the, uh, plastic tote anymore, the bins, like, now I use, like, a, um, it's called a stock tank, like, a metal, it's, like, a large metal, like, 100-gallon kind of, uh, people use it for like raised garden beds or but yeah it's like people use it for hot tubs and stuff like that so I bought that in Oregon that turned out to be really good for transporting the emus because it's taller than the plastic tote um and so they don't even try to jump out of it uh because that was the problem I had was that the tote I had the emu could jump out so I had to like make a covering on it or something like part of it was some chicken wire and you know it was just kind of a mess, and he was always trying to jump out, and so it was just bad, but the stock tank was good, and stock tank is what I think other people should use, uh, if they can, it's a little expensive, I mean, the stock tank was like a hundred bucks, but, um, I plan to use it for multiple things, like transporting emus, and using it as probably, like, I mean, I'm probably going to get another one soon, but I want, yeah, because I plan to install it as like a hot tub sauna shower, so once that's installed, I'm going to have to buy another one, but the thing is, what's cool about going to Oregon is you can buy supplies, like, for cheaper because um, there's no tax, like, sales tax on stuff, so whatever you buy is, like, going to be, like, almost 10% cheaper, and uh, so I picked up the stock tank, I picked up, like, a canopy at Walmart, like, because I'm looking to go on the side of the road to sell stuff, like, you know, eggs and plants and hot dogs and, you know, roadside type of business, and, um, just gotta wait for days that aren't too windy, but also I'm, like, modifying my trailer and my van so that I can, like, uh, do the business from inside the van or the trailer and, you know, one of my windows is broken on the van, so I wanted to make that, like, a vending window, and I have a trailer, too, that, um, I kind of customized to make it, like, a closed trailer, like, an enclosed thing that could also be used, um, but, yeah, the emus are the main topic, and that's pretty much it, uh, that's basically the whole thing so far with the emus, I mean, I'm not claiming to be an expert at all, I'm just trying to share what I've learned every step of the way, and, um, you know, I think I'm trying to share my mistakes as well, because, like, the thing with the dog cage and the one getting injured, I mean, that was a big loss, I mean, for me, I was bummed just from losing $200, but, um, my friend lost, like, almost $800 or more, um, and so, you know, you need to examine different experiences, and 
when I was searching for it, I couldn't find that much, like, of the information I wanted. I guess I didn't look hard enough. I was sort of just checking YouTube or checking Pinterest, but it's just, you know, not that much. It really talks about how to get them. It's more like maybe how to take care of them once they're grown or something like that, but... Yeah, I just felt there's kind of a need for some content about emus, and seems like sort of, a, for me, like as a photographer, filmmaker, like I like to get involved with things that um, are good to photograph and film and that I can capture in like unique ways that make it possibly that I could have on the internet like some of the best footage that there is of emus, because... I felt like when I was trying to find emu videos, like the just the stuff I got at the Airbnb in India the first time I saw emus was basically better than a lot of the stuff because a lot of the emu footage was just like boring or the quality was really low or it was just kind of really old so it's like not updated or... I don't know, it just, just didn't seem like, couldn't find that much about emus, like, but what's cool is that it's not an exotic animal, like, it's not an endangered animal, it's not something that, it's not an animal that needs to be in special conservation status, because, yeah, it's like a, it's called, like, least concern or something, like, type of, you know, it's just very abundant in the world and so yeah there's no like kind of reason it's like the least guilty exotic animal you can find guilt-free exotic animal you know and so it's like you know I sometimes I feel like the tiger king or something like that but you know birds are much more peaceful animal they're not anything that's like so aggressive like people do say emus are dangerous and ostriches and they are but they don't have a hunting mentality they don't try to hurt anything like they're very they want to be peaceful they want you to be like you know they just they don't have that drive like that thing of like a prey mentality where they're trying to for anything or they're they're gentle you know birds are gentle so I think the reason I want to make my first podcast about different birds different journeys like with quail or with ducks I mean I have so many stories about ducks and about quail is a new project but I had interesting time with that as well like a lot of crazy things happened with the quail and um it's always an adventure that's why I enjoy birds and I also think that they help people be peaceful and like they help yeah they just they help calm you down like because the birds make you sort of just observe and watch them like a meditation like an awareness meditation of just observing them and seeing what they do and giving them food and water or just kind of they make you forget about time you know you just you observe them the ducks or whatever the geese and you just you get entertained it's like watching a, a good tv show or, or movie or something and so it's like such a renewable energy entertainment form of entertainment that you know they give eggs and stuff like that but they also they just they really are very beautiful to watch in your garden and they contribute to the garden by, like, the fertilizer, like, the kind of way that they eat bugs and then eat leaves and kind of this composting process of, you know, waste from them. And that's really good for plants. So it's good to have these birds in your garden, really. You know, it's a, it's a big aspect of permaculture to have chickens and ducks around. It just helps the ecosystem. So that's why I think it's good to get in this business of selling 
the live birds and installing the cages and, you know, coops and stuff like that, because, you know, every household can have, like, birds, really, it's super easy, like, it's super adaptable, they don't really need that much, like, and most people find that it's fun, like, every day when you go and feed them, or the type of ways that you can just, like, design a feeder that's, like, a gravity-fed thing where they just automatically eat and drink, there's so many ways to just automate it that you don't really have to do that much and when you do have to do something you enjoy it because you're basically like collecting eggs to eat and interacting with the birds um but yeah i really want to share the stuff about emus because everybody can find info about chickens and ducks like that's so much more common but one of the most rare kind of birds i've seen is like emus just kind of yeah they're harder to find or maybe I mean maybe people keep quiet about them because I don't know if they get stolen (laughs) like I don't know people are just afraid I mean because in in Southern California people get their dogs stolen and things like that so maybe people try to keep it secret but I guess yeah because the only people that probably have emus are people with a lot of land and people with a lot of land are probably kind of secretive sometimes so I guess it may seem like there's no emus around but maybe they're somewhere but I'm just happy like I was trying to you know be the like Johnny Appleseed of emus like we're here in Antelope Valley and help people start breeding and you know just get the get the culture going, get it flowing, because, uh, you know, I like emus, they're funny, like, I like ducks and geese, and I've got a lot of birds that I really like, I'm not saying emus are my favorite, I mean, I think they might be, but I have to, uh, see how they are in different stages of life, I mean, Every animal is, like, fun or cool when it's young, but they change when they grow up, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I feel a good connection, like, I like the emu for sure, like, it's different, I mean, (laughs) so, yeah, I'm pretty excited to be working with emus, and kind of just feels like the right fit for me, like, I love birds, so why not, and I love raising birds, so might as well, and I think I'm good at it, so why not just try with kind of one of the most difficult, second largest bird in the world, like, might as well go big or whatever, so I think anybody, like, who's gotten into chickens in the pandemic, like a lot of people did I've been doing it for like 10 years or even like yeah at least like 12 years I've been having chickens and ducks and stuff um you know I started yeah a long time ago but uh people that got into it during pandemic I think within a year or two they're gonna be on to next into ducks and then from ducks into geese and um eventually they're gonna end up like me it took about 10 years but eventually if you keep with if you keep loving birds and keep on expanding your kind of flock to be more and more diverse then um eventually you're gonna come to this podcast about emus and my videos about emus because Eventually, you're going to want one, and uh, for some people that are on that path, I think whatever random things I post or say or whatever about, you know, emus will be possibly helpful for them, 
And uh, I can also be somebody that not just the information from the post or the podcast is like, you know, that they can contact me, you know, like that I can be the person to sell them an emu. Like I was saying, that's why I said the price, like that I'm going to be charging $500 um, and more once they grow up, you know, the more they grow, the high, you know, yeah, the older they are, the more expensive they get. Um, so they're going to be minimum $500 and I can sell you an emu and yeah, it's like that. I got to make like a reel with that. Um, I thought it, I, I think this audio is really annoying, but it's like the one where the guy's like, if you want the, don't call me for the, the best price. I don't have the best price. I got the best work in this city. <laughs> I don't, I think I should get stuff. <laughs> Because, I mean, I think it's good to have good prices, like, and not be the best. <laughs> like, you don't have to be the best, and, I mean, just do it the best you can, and do it for a cheap price, because then if people complain, you can just say you get what you paid for. Like, I did it for cheap, and that's why the first time I did it, I did it for really cheap. Uh, I ended up making a mistake, like, mixing up the gender. And my friend ended up just wanting to keep the uh, the female that he got instead of the male. So, um, yeah, like I messed up, but I did it as a volunteer thing. But now going forward, um, if and when I help people buy or go buy more emus to sell, uh, I, I know that I'm going to have to sell them for at least $500 each. Uh, so that I was reminded of that video because, yeah, if you want the best price, you're going to have to go to Oregon, you know, um, so you're going to have to drive there or fly there, which, um, yeah, it's not that bad. That's why I'm doing it. Um, but for me, I've done that trip a lot. I don't really mind doing it, but it is expensive. It's a lot of gas. I need a hotel, basically. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know which car I'm going to take, but I had, I was going to take my truck. If I'm going to get a bunch of emus, I'm going to have to take the van. So, uh, it's, uh, it's a fun business, actually, you know. I was doing it for fun the first time, just doing it for the hell of it, and, um, to test it out, test out the journey. And now, uh, I'm, I want to be somebody to help people get emus, I mean, or not just emus, like ducks and chickens and I mean Southern Oregon really has all the cool like rare chickens and that's where I got my first geese and um yeah they just have a lot of cool farmers up there so I think it's pretty fun I mean I like the idea of kind of my job being or some kind of side hustle being just to sort of drive up there with my van and uh have a bunch of animal carriers and you know pick up a bunch of birds like bring them down raise them up and then sell them and try to sell them to people that are also interested to have me like do some installation for their uh, cage or different type of housing because uh, that could also be another type of job and uh they can be worked into the price or whatever but I think I originally was thinking maybe I would have people pay me for the gas and like go up but I think what I really have to do is just buy them myself and then sell them once I get them down here and uh you know for the markup so that's the plan and that's really breaking it all down and it's a long uh you know the emu journey has been fun and scary stressful uh at sometimes but I haven't really regretted it I've been pretty much happy I've gotten into this thing and uh seems like kind of a fun thing to do on a farm to have emus so yeah that's it that's pretty much all I have to say for now I think I'll definitely be doing an update you know right at this stage they're still young within a month you know I'll have probably a lot more to say about how they are as they grow so uh, yeah check it out thanks for listening